It's time now for Hallelujah, Tell It Like It Is on 103.9 FM WXAN. It's presented by the Lighthouse of Faith Ministries located at 420 South Street in Murfreesboro. Their worship services are Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. and they welcome you. Time now for Hallelujah, Tell It Like It Is. Because of who you are. The message that God has given me to teach His people is to bring you out. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what the enemy has said. I don't care what he has done. You got to know that Christ on that cross did it all. He did it all. And when he did it all, when he stripped Satan of his power, he turned around and gave you the power to overcome. Now, and as we get on into the message, Whatever you're dealing with, you got to understand who you are in Christ and the power and authority that he has given you. And when Satan bring you sickness, uh, try to keep you in poverty, try to keep you down, when he does that, the only way he can do that, you have to sign for the package. It's just like Amazon coming here to my house. And they've come to my door and they have brought me a package. And down through through the years and through the time, when I would go to the post office and I have a package there and I have made up my mind, I don't want that package. I'm not signing for it. And it does not cost me anything for them to send that package back. And when Satan comes to you with his packages of defeat, you got to know you can't sign for everything. You cannot agree with everything. This is where the word of God comes in at. And we have to stand and fight the good fight of faith. What we have to understand is God has given everything you need to succeed. But you have to fight the good fight of faith. And this is why I teach like I do, because we want to rise above the poverty for the next generation. I don't want you to have to go through what I did, going to welfare, depending on the welfare system, looking at them people and talking to you any kind of way and just treating you in a kind of way. I want you to be able to rise up young people and anybody whosoever will, but for the young people that's coming up and coming along. You got to know that when you put your life on track through Christ, you are somebody. I remember when I used to go get cars and, and I didn't have any credit. My credit was just, my credit was shot. See, I didn't know how to build my life until I accepted Christ. My credit was shot. It was shot. I tell you. So when I would go get a car, I had, they were taking, uh, Give me what they wanted me to have. I would end up paying 32% interest. Now hear what I'm saying. This is what my life was prior to coming to Christ. Now this is why we're going to get over here to this man at the pool. But after Christ taught me how to build my life, your life got to be built in every area. got to be built naturally. It got to be built mentally. And it got to be built spiritually. And this is where the power of the Holy Ghost and the finished work of the cross. But it's up to you to enforce what Christ has done. If you don't enforce it, Satan going to keep you buried. And I remember once that I got my life on track. 
and I began to pay my bills and I began to build my credit. I went over, I had had a relationship with a banker and him and I, he was my banker and he knew that I paid my bills on time, never, never late, never late. This may sound a little, you may think I'm, 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 I'm not telling you the truth, but it's the truth in Jesus name. Once Christ put my, uh, uh, life on track. It's been over 20 years. I have never been late, never missed a payment. And I tell you, when um the banker told me, he said, you just go pick out your car and bring me the figures and I'll cut you a check. Well, I went over and I picked out the car that I wanted. Nice car. I like that car. Picked it out. And they went and brought whoever he was, the big man or whoever. And he came out. And he told me, he said, now, listen, we're going to start you off in uh, this kind of car. And you, you want you want to build yourself up. And once you build yourself up, then you can come and get whatever car you want. And lo and behold, when I told him, I did not want that car. I didn't want no car he had. None. And I, when he found out that I had, uh, uh, my banker was writing me a check. Oh, he did everything but got down on your knees. So what I'm saying to you, when you put your life in track on all in all areas, you have authority. And this is why I teach like I do. You have authority in my life. I have driven out cancer with nothing but God's word. I have driven out sickle cell where they said my son was diagnosed with sickle cell, but standing on this word and trusting God and not being moved by what I see or what I feel. Hallelujah. He's, has, he's healthy. He's 30 some years old. And this is what I'm telling you. When your life is on track with God and your mental mind where you can lay down in peace, don't let nobody come in here and steal your peace and steal your joy. You got people that will decide when you're going to be happy. Then you got people that would decide when you're going to have peace. Now you in control of your life. And for me to take you where God is taking me, I have to take you to what God has done. And we're going to go from there, okay? So in the book of Genesis 1, he said, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion. And that's the word I want you to concentrate on. I want you to say dominion. Have dominion. That means to rule. That means to have authority. You have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Who have dominion? You have dominion. You have. That means you have to rule, okay? Now, when we go over here to Genesis, we find out that at the, in the book of Genesis 2 and the 8th chapter, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had form. God did what? He planted a garden. Okay. We had dominion. When God first created man, we had dominion. And so what? We lost that dominion. 
How did we lose that dominion? By disobedience. Adam was disobedient to God. And what happened? He put Adam in a garden. Now, let me break this down to you. Now, when God created Eden, what did God, when he finished doing all creation, and when you go back and look at the creation, God did everything and created everything before he put man in that garden. The reason God did that, because he do not want man taking credit for nothing. If God would have created man first, you can believe man would have taken credit. But God created everything, and then he planted Adam in a garden. But see, God knew from the beginning, he knew the ending from the beginning. And this is why it says Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, of the earth. Jesus, God knew what man was going to do from the beginning. So you got to understand from the very beginning, you come into this world, God knew your ups, he knew your down, he knew what you were going to do, he knew it all. And this is why Jesus came, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So what happened? When he gave Adam that garden, he could have planted Adam anywhere because the Bible say when God created it, everything was good. Everything was good. So God could have left Adam right where he was. He could have planted Adam anywhere because everything was good. But what God did, he took a plot of land and he placed Adam in that plot of land eastward. He placed him eastward. So Adam was the seed that God planted. And why did he plant him eastward? Because the sun rises and set in the east. And everything needs suns to grow. Sunshine to grow. So he put him over in that garden. And, and you got to see the garden. He carved out that garden. And there he placed Adam. Why did he carve out that garden? Now we go over here and we see what Jesus Jesus said, now listen, you got to go with me metaphorically. You got to know when I'm talking natural. You got to know when I'm talking spiritually. So you got to roll with me, okay? So now we understand that God created a little special garden. And you know when you have a garden, what is a garden? That's something you love to tend to. That's something you love to cultivate. You love a garden. Everybody, and you, people in my day, you would see the women going out and they have their little bonnets on and they would go out and they would carve that garden and they would make sure the weeds were pulled out of the garden. They would make sure the animals and the birds, they put scarecrows out there to drive away the bird because you take care of your garden. Hallelujah. So he put Adam over there in that garden. He separated Adam and put him in the garden of Eden. Now why did he put him in the garden of Eden? And I'm going to bring it up to our day and age. Now we go over here in the third chapter and say now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Did you hear that? The beast of the field. And when you read up in the New Testament, when Jesus talked about the field, he called the field the world. So you understand that the field is symbolically of the world. So God put Adam in a garden and he separated him from the rest of the world. That's why when a man is born again, he say, come out from among them. Hallelujah. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. You got to be separated from 
the world. So this is what he did with Adam. He separated Adam from the world because God knew from the beginning, from the beginning that man was going to fall. He knew what man was going to do. And so he already made an escape through Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? So we understand the fear and the world. And we all know the, the end results of what happened. And what's the end result of what happened? They were deceived and they were disobedient and they caused man to be crushed. They called man to fall from grace. They caused man to, to lose that garden. That garden is, is what, you know, it was no pain. It was no sorrow. It was just peace all the time. Adam had joy. Joy in the morning when he woke up. Joy when he went to bed. He had peace. Hallelujah. So all of that was lost. And we lost it all through Adam. Now when we came along through the bloodline of Adam, it doesn't matter whether you sin or not. Our nature has been contaminated by the fall of Adam. So we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this is why we nobody can point a finger at nobody. It's time now we quit fighting each other. It's time now we quit trying to judge who say I don't have time to worry about who's saved, who's not saved, who's living right. I got a life to live. Hallelujah. I don't have time to worry about the church. I don't have time to worry about nothing but obeying this world because I got to live above the uh, the the uh, sin pool of this world. This sin, this world is is, is 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 so much sin. It's so much we gotta fight again. And if you gotta fight, if you fight like we supposed to fight against sin, trust me, you ain't got time to fight with your brother and sister. Hallelujah. Don't even hold grudges. You don't have time to hold grudges. You don't have time but try to ask God to reveal himself more and more to you. Hallelujah. So now we understand that through Adam, we lost it all. We lost it all. Nothing more to be said. We lost it all. Hallelujah. But hallelujah through Jesus. Now, why would Jesus come? Why did he come? He came to take away the sin of the world. He come that you and I can be made whole, be made complete. That's why Jesus came. Okay. Now, listen, most are teaching for that great day to be happy. When Jesus came, he, the Bible says, he took. When you hear that word took, that means past tense. That means it's already done. He took our sins. He took our grief. He took our sorrow. And the Bible say every sickness that was named, that was named and unnamed alike was nailed to that cross. That's why Jesus came. And he came that we may have life and not only have life, but have it abundantly. When you have life abundantly, that means it's more than enough. It's an overflow. That's why he came. But in order to get back to this state that Adam lost, a man must be born again. He must be born again. There's no escaping that. Acts 2 and 38 say, repent and be baptized in the name of the Jesus for the remission of your sin. A man must be born again to get the good that were lost. Are y'all hearing me? 
Whew, it's hot in here. Whew, but we're going to work with it. Okay. So we lost it all through Adam. But everything was restored through Christ. All right. Now we're going to go over here. Because I got eyes to see. And you got eyes to see. And far too many of us are dying before our time. Don't let nobody tell you you can die. You can't die before your time. But the Bible tells us over in the book of Ecclesiastes, why should you die before your time? He tell you, don't be overly wicked. He said, don't be overly wicked. You can be overly wicked. And this generation is overly wicked. Lord have mercy. They have no love for nobody. He said, don't be overly wicked. Why should you die before your time? So we know that Satan comes around to try to claim you through sickness and disease, through sin, before your time. Okay? So now understand, Adam lost it all, but Jesus gave it back. And how do we get there? How do we get what Jesus did for us? How do we get there? You got to repent. And you got to be born again. Once that you're born again, the kingdom of God is where? Where is that kingdom? It's within you. Now, when you understand that the kingdom, the true kingdom, lies within you, you're able. Now, this does not give you a license not to go to church. Because the Bible says it is good that brethren worship together. You get your strength one from another. But don't you be discouraged. I don't care. They may be riding horses in the church. They may be bucking it. And they may be going with Aunt Uncle Jimmy and Aunt Susie. I don't care what they doing. I know where my kingdom. God already told you. That the wheat and the tares will grow together. So don't you fall out with God because you're seeing these tares do what tares do. What these tares out here are doing are what tares do. And what does tares do? They imitate Jesus and pretend like they saved and, and, and cutting up, making you feel like you ain't nobody saved. I don't care who. They can do what they want to do. Yes, iron shopping iron. Yes, ma'am. They can do what they want to do. And I'm just as content because my salvation ain't based on no church. My salvation ain't based on no man. My salvation is based in the finished work of Jesus Christ. My salvation is within me. So when you learn to look within for whatever you need, you have, you have cleared the hurdle for success. You got to tap in to that within. And this is where we're going to go. Now understand, sometimes the, the word have to go in. And sometimes it have to cut. Sometimes God help. You know, if you got a bad part on you. Maybe you got a bad part. Maybe you uh, got some kind of disease part. And, and, and so what the doctor does, he go in there and he cut that bad part out. And then you can heal and be whole. And sometimes the word of God have to go in. He say, awake, awake. What do you mean awake? He mean wake up. You're dead. You're, you're, you're sleeping spiritually. Lord have mercy. And he mean wake up. Wake up. 
so that you can live. And right now, people aren't living. The people are substituting the word of God for a hoop and a holler, a few dances, few running, and all of that. And when they get through running, when they get through hollering, when they get through doing the fancy footwork, Satan's sitting right outside with the crack pipe. Mm. <laughs> when he get through, when you come out from all your shouting and all your fancy clothes, he's sitting right there on the step. Here's your cigarette. Or here's your, your drink. Come on here. We got to rise up. Hallelujah. We hearing every voice in the world except the church. And when you hear the church voice, it's something stupid. They laughing at us. They don't laugh at no other religion like they do Christianity. And y'all know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. Hallelujah. Everybody gets that respect. And it's time now. God need a, a, a remnant. All he need is a remnant. Don't worry about it. And how do you become that remnant? By transforming. And we're going to get there. When you transform your mind. When you're born again and you purpose in your heart that, Lord, I'm going to live right. I'm going to walk right. And there are going to be days, let me tell you something. I live right. I walk right. I, it ain't a man nowhere in this area, nowhere, nowhere can spot my name. Because I live what I preach and I preach what I live. I live for God. And when I call upon his name, when I need help, he's there in an instant. Are you hearing me? You can't live any kind of way. You can't walk any kind of way. You can't do what you want to do and then expect to be blessed. For the Bible say we reap what we sow. Hallelujah. You got to live this life and God need a remnant that'll walk and talk and do what he says do. It doesn't mean that we're not going to fall. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. But when you do, you get up, you repent and you push, keep pushing till you get it right. Hallelujah. You keep pushing till you get it right. And this is where I'm taking you. Your biggest enemy is your mind. Your mind is the most valuable thing that you got. And this is why the world is after your mind. This is why they butching up the body. They got big old caboose back there so big and, and heavy. They look crazy. Why? They after your mind. Hallelujah. Your mind is the most valuable. Satan don't ain't worried about you being saved. You can be saved and living in hell. Satan wants your mind. Your mind is the most valuable thing you got. And you know, if you don't control your mind, Satan going to control it for you. If you don't control it, somebody going to control it for you. Men and women out here in the world, they ain't studying you. They want your mind. When you meet folks nowadays, they want to possess your mind. For they know it. If they can possess your mind, they can carry you anywhere they want to go. You better know what your mind is. You better know the power that's in your mind. Hallelujah. Because if you don't rise up and strengthen your mind, you're going to live under Satan's dominion. He's going to keep you 
burden. He going to keep you sad. He going to keep you wishing that you were never born. He going to keep on keep you wishing that, Lord, just let me go on and go home. Come on here. We got to rise up in Jesus' name because greater is he that's within you. Get your eyes off of people. Don't you fall off with nobody holding grudges. This is, this is a new year and a new beginning. You can't go through life holding grudges and talk about you love the Lord. You can't go through life being angry and bullying everybody, but yet you love the Lord. It's time we quit this line when it's time we rise up and be the people God calling us to be because we got a dying world out here and the church is the answer. But the Bible says Jesus is the way and the truth. He's the truth. That's why Satan is attacking us like he's doing. But God got a remnant that won't bow to the knee of Baal. Hallelujah. So in order to rise and get to this place. Now when I say a place of prosperity, get dollar signs out of your eyes. It's just an element of prosperity. When you prosper, you prosper in body, soul, and spirit. You can look at those movie stars. They live in the finest houses money can buy. They are rich. They can drive any car they want to drive. But when it's all over, they get the same plot you and I are going to get. That's six feet under. Hallelujah. You can't carry it. I ain't never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. Hallelujah. You can't carry it with you. And this is what you got to come and realize. I'm happy. God has brought me up. Let me tell you something. I come up hard. I come up hallelujah where I know how to make Fires. I come up in an era and that year, the year when I was sick and God was with me through that sickness. It took me four years to get that cancer in the natural. It was done in the spirit, but I had to defeat it and I had to enforce it in the man. And it took four years for my body to reveal what I believe God had already done. But it was four years of hell, but it was the best four years of my life because it taught me how to be the warrior that I am. I don't care what comes. Yes, I get knocked down. Yes, I cry. Yes, I get upset. But I know how to rise up and keep pushing. Hallelujah. You can't let the devil destroy you. And he, how is he going to destroy you? In your mind. As a man thinking. Where? In his mind. In his heart. Because whatever you allow in your mind is going down into your heart. And once that you plant that seed in your heart, you're going to get the fruit of your thoughts. You've been listening to Hallelujah, Tell It Like It Is, brought to you by the Lighthouse of Faith Ministries in Murfreesboro. They're located at 420 South Street, and you can join them for their Sunday morning worship services at 1130 a.m. Tune in again next time for Hallelujah, Tell It Like It Is.